Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Old-time Big Ten football. Yeah. Touchdown, Purdue! What are you supposed to do? I mean, there's nothing you could really do if you're Purdue on Saturday. Uh, you're outmanned right from the jump. And then the injuries coming in, then they pile up. And what can you do? There's really not a lot to take away from this Purdue game, so expect this podcast to be short and sweet. Unless, as I'm one to do, to just kind of ramble on, as I feel like I've done uh, in a couple of podcasts here recently. So, try to keep this to a tight 20. Yeah, tight 20. Um, not really a tight 5. don't have a tight 5. Not really a stand-up comedian that has that in my arsenal. But, I I think this game showed a lot of areas of where Purdue needs to go into the future to even compete. Because if you look at the difference between the game that was referenced, you know, multiple times throughout the broadcast, multiple times in the pregame shows of the game in 2018 and, you know, what it meant for Purdue. And, and yes, that was an emotional game. It had a a lot in there, but there was just no, it felt like there was no juice in this game. And it's, it's really hard to have some of that juice coming in. Um, when you're coming off of a bad loss, you're banged up and you just get kicked right in the teeth, right from the start. That's how it went for, for Purdue. So we'll, uh, We'll address some of the concerns and uh, tell you where Purdue can go for forward after losing to Ohio State 41-7. to This is the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bryce Vance, presented by BetOnline. BetOnline is the presenting sponsor of Behind the Rails. Football is back. And BetOnline is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up-to-date stats. News, scores, matchup, breakdowns, all that. Get the latest game odds, spreads, totals from the NFL. Uh, Purdue um, and Ohio State did not hit the over unless you got it in late somewhere else. But for bet online, you did not get the over today. Just shy. The NFL and college football, right at your fingertips with bet online's real time updates on stats, news, and odds from week one all the way to the college football playoff and the Super Bowl. Bet online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests anywhere available online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. And remember our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Where I want to start is by highlighting some uh, 
some pretty bullet point stats here that kind of encapsulate that game just a little bit. Purdue outgained by Ohio State 486 to 257, as you can see on the bottom scroll there. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you are subscribed, podcast or YouTube, to get that notification on when our next podcast will be up. Even though we're headed into a bye week now, there is no bye week here on the podcast. We don't take time off. Ever since we started this podcast, we've been delivering every single week, two episodes, two episodes a week, and uh, plan to do the same next week. Um, We'll still have a Thursday pod and maybe a Sunday pod. Um, We'll try to do something different uh, this week for you guys that are loyal listeners to the podcast. Um, On third down, Purdue was 3 of 17, and that's kind of where we've talked about this Purdue team struggling on both sides, either whether it's getting off the field on defense or extending drives offensively. And Purdue could not do either. They got Ohio State in third downs quite a bit early, and – Big long pass to Marvin Harrison Jr. that they ended up scoring on in the first drive. Um, feels like they had him in like third and seven um, and longer at least a handful of times today. But I think Ohio State ended up only punting two or three times, twice. I my I'm, It might be a third. I might have missed another one. Um, it was, I'll be honest with you, it was hard to pay attention to that game in the second half. Um, but watched it all the way through. It was uh, it was brutal. You got to see some, got to see some younger guys coming in. Benedict Meredith coming in at QB. Jerron Tibbs comes in, uh, makes a catch. So you got to see some younger guys, as we've seen kind of throughout this whole year, especially on the offensive side. The rotation of of wide receivers, uh, it's getting longer. We didn't see no Yassine today, and felt like he could have used him. Uh, such a reliable target. Uh, feels like he's open, a uh, good possession receiver type guy. Felt like he could have used something like that today. And just wasn't there. Wasn't there. Um, even with Ohio State having no Emeka Abuka, no Travion Henderson, um, their other back whose name, uh, uh, Mayan Williams, he was out. Um, and then their um, uh, train him. He ended up going down early. So they were on their fourth string uh, running back who still ended up having a, a productive day. They had a couple of guys who uh, who ran the ball for them. Even Devin Brown, the backup QB, came in and, and ran the ball for Ohio State. And Purdue just got manhandled. Both sides of the ball. Um, I think this was the most most this defense has been pushed around all year. And it's been an offense for Ohio State that I told you they were kind of getting more confident with Kyle McCord. Um, they didn't, I mean, they didn't really overly run the ball um, a lot, like down your throat. They rushed for a hundred and some odd yards. Not, they didn't, weren't close to anywhere 200. They were pretty even par with Purdue. I think it was about 130 some odd yards for, uh, for Ohio State. They just gained a lot through the air. And we knew that was going to be a struggle coming in. And I, I, it's hard for me to, you know, say, oh, man, this was all on the defense. And a large chunk of it was because I, I would say probably like 80%, but it's not all on them. The offense couldn't do a darn thing today. Uh, but you give up 41 points, and you're not going to be in most games unless you are matching that point total or coming anywhere close to it. I mean, 
if it was a 41 to 24 game or the score I predicted on Thursday's preview show, 38, 17, I'd have been like, okay, I got what we expected, but 41 to seven, the offense was a complete no show out of outside of Devin Mockaby today, Hudson card didn't have another great game. And I know, you know, they said that he was hurt on the broadcast and we kind of touched on that coming into this game and he's been hurt since the Illinois game. He gets a, a, a rest now with the game uh, with no game this coming up week. And then they traveled to Nebraska. So hopefully what's ever ailing him kind of um, he can get corrected or healed up and can be much more effective. Uh, I still thought, you know, made some decent throws, but, and you had some other guys get in on the action, Mershon Rice, um, Dixon Veal, um, who's starting to get more and more. Like I said, Jerron Tibbs, um, Elijah Canyon um, was out there as well. But no no really explosive plays. And, and it was talked about on the broadcast at length by Kyle Rudolph, and, and they were just like, we need to try and get these explosive plays is what the coaching staff told them in their production meeting. And, we just haven't seen it here in these last two weeks. And granted, you're going up against some really good defenses, but can you spring one or two? I mean, that's what the difference was in the game in 2018, where you had the playmakers that could get the ball and make some plays after the catch. Now, I think I think Deion Burks and Devin Mockaby are those guys, but when there's two and three Buckeyes around them all at all times to bring down the tackle, it's just, it's hard to get that explosive play. You don't have Rondell Moore or David Bell out there. Those are Burks and Mockaberry are your two closest things. You don't have Tyrone Tracy, who is another guy that can, that can break off a big run um, and catch the ball in the backfield and make a, a pass. But, you know, they don't use the running backs out of the backfield in the passing game at all. So what, what can you do there? So I, I felt like, Play calling, again, suspect in a lot of areas. Uh, it was like third and eight early in a drive, and they uh, were going to run for it. And I think they were going to run it no matter what, uh, but the play really got them nothing on the fourth down. They were bailed out by pass interference. and But then on third and four again, later in that drive, run the ball, settle for a field goal, missed the field goal. It was not a good day for Julio Macias whatsoever. Um, really struggled. Um, you could just kind of even tell on that last kick that he was just hoping that it would go in. I mean, it was, it was, it didn't feel like you had a whole lot of confidence from special teams today, even punting wise, which punting wise hasn't been great all year either. Um, from Ansel, um, I don't, I don't know what you do there. You need to figure something out because you're not winning the field position battle. They're, I think they're one of the worst teams in college football with the field position and where they start their drives. And they got a couple of good drives started near midfield. Didn't do anything with them. But you're still you're beat up along the offensive line as well. Um, we knew Bo was going to miss uh, the rest of the season, so he was out. Uh, Luke Griffin came in. He ended up leaving the game uh, with Jalen Grant coming back into the game. And then towards the end of the game, uh, Musa goes down and I think walked off on his own power, but limped pretty bad off the field. Just the bye 
thank goodness is this upcoming week because it gives you a chance to get healthy. But defensively, couldn't really stop anything. Purdue just allowed Ohio State to do whatever they wanted. Uh, it could. It, I mean, it was a pick-your-own-score kind of day for Ohio State. They really could have done anything. They ran up the score early, put this game kind of on ice with the connection to Marvin Harrison Jr. and a couple of catches to Julian Fleming and Cade Stover kind of put the icing on the cake for this game. And there's just really nobody that can stay with Marvin Harrison. And you hope that's the thing that gets kind of fixed with this um, Purdue secondary going forward, especially under Ryan Walters, who is, uh, you know, known for his eye for talent in the secondary, but it was just not a good day. Not a good day for the secondary, giving up almost 400 yards through the air. And Kyle McCord probably had one of his better games, you know, full, complete games. He's had, you know, the game-winning drive against Notre Dame. He's had a good second half against Maryland. He's had these moments, but it felt like he finally put a full game together, even without his top two running backs and one of his top wide receivers in Abuka. So, Markavius Brown got beat a couple of times. Derek Rogers got beat. Uh, there's really not a whole lot of positive that I can take from this defense. You know, a couple of guys got banged up on the defensive side and, you know, you're playing your seventh game in a row and to finally get your bye week, you know, like I said, maybe you wish you had it a week or two earlier uh, because of all the injuries that are starting to pile up here. Hopefully you can get this game uh, this week to heal up and go into Nebraska and give yourself a fighting chance because that's a winnable game. You know, Nebraska is not beating the doors off of anybody. Uh, again, another solid defense, but an offense that is just leaves a lot to be desired. And that's kind of how it is with Purdue right now. Uh, they get the running attack going with Maccabee. has his 100-yard game today, but there's no passing attack to complement it. And I felt like there was some drops out there, too. And, and we've had... I think we had Big Time Boiler last week comment on the on the show that a lot of it had to do on the wide receivers last week. They were dropping balls. And and there's a lot of some of those catches out there today. I mean, some of the passes were more difficult, tighter windows than, than maybe um, last week. But still feel like there was a lot out there. Um, Hudson Card wasn't very efficient today. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's the injury or what, but it's – Something needs to change offensively, and and we'll try to take a di deeper dive into these first seven games and kind of give you a mid-season checkup uh, here on the next pod coming up. And uh, I just think that this is a offense that really hasn't found its identity yet, and we're seven games in, and I don't know what they want to be. They think they want to be an air raid, but haven't seen any signs of it. I mean, I, I I think of air raid, and, and I don't know if you have the receivers to do it. I don't know if you have the speed at receiver to do it, to be a high-flying offense. I mean, 
your your speediest receiver is Burks, and still a lot of the times he's getting double covered or he's getting covered by the best corner, or sometimes Hudson Card locks in on him. So uh, there's just not a lot of wide open space, um, especially here recently. And I keep bringing it up, but the defenses are getting better. They're better than the first, you know, handful of opponents that they've faced. I mean, two of the best defenses that they're going to face all year were the last two weeks, and they've scored 21 points. I I would expect this result here in about three weeks with with Michigan on the road at Michigan. Now, yes, they were in a close game with IU today for a quarter and almost two full quarters, but then Michigan did exactly what Ohio State today did today and just slowly put that game away. And it, by the time the fourth quarter rolled around, it was five touchdown lead. So I I wrote a whole bunch of notes during the game, but I think I've gotten to most of them. There's just really not a whole lot to – not a whole lot, a whole lot to say. Not a whole lot to say. Um, it was just a, a rough day that you hope to forget. And get a week off. And, man, just another tough one to watch. And I'm not going anywhere, folks. So don't don't worry if I'm going to give up on doing this podcast. I'm not. I'm still finding things to enjoy about this team. Like I said, I thought the performance from Maccabee today was something that was encouraged, something I've been waiting for. And if you can get Tyrone Tracy in there, then you have an even better one-two combo. I just, if this team was fully healthy, they're definitely competing at a much better clip than what they did today. But it was just, it was ugly to watch. Special teams were not fun to watch just because by the time the second and third field goals came around, you're just like, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's in the cards today. And when you hear reports from people that are at the stadium, including I had a buddy there at the game, Kale, he, he texted me and said, Hey, I don't know if you heard, but a kid out of the student section wearing a hockey jersey made a field goal from 40 yards and won a car. When Purdue's kicker couldn't even make it from 38, 39. Couldn't make it from 27. So that's the type of game that Purdue had. That's the type of season Purdue is having right now. And hopefully it gets better. But only, uh, only time will tell. And we got a lot of time on our hands this next week. So, uh, until then, I have been your host, Bryce Vance. Thank you so much for tuning in to another Behind the Rails of Purdue Football podcast. Um, a lot shorter here than the last few podcasts. Probably our shortest one all year. Just because of not a lot of positive things to say. Hopefully, I try to find um, some diamonds in the rough. Some positive things to say on our midseason check-in point. Um, on our next pod next week. And uh, we'll do that. We'll try to get a guest on uh, to try to get a little bit more perspective on this Purdue team, where they've been, and where they're going under Ryan Walters. So 
until then, guys, make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you are uh, following the show. You can follow me on social media as well. Uh, links are down below on the scroll there. So if you want to follow or DM me, email the show, comment on the video as well. Just make sure you're subscribed and follow the show. So this has been another edition of the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football presented by Bet Online. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll see you on Thursday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.